Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. I'm Kurt Heelan, managing editor of the page, uh, NBA page at NBC Sports. And today, it's time to talk a little Knicks basketball. I, they've been kind of one of the, I think, interesting but under the radar a little bit stories just because, you know, over the bridge there's drama and a couple other places in the league there's been so much drama this year. Bring it in. Just a guy I love. Tommy Beer author of the What's on Tap newsletter that you should absolutely be subscribing to if you're a Knicks fan. Uh, I know, Tommy, you were desperate to talk about the place of ladders in post-game workouts by teams, but I'd rather talk Knicks if that's okay. <laughs> that's fine. I'm, I'm always down to talk ladders and Montrez Harold taking his ball and going home. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't really want to go down that road, but I'm like, I'm not even sure what, what Giannis did wrong on that one. Like, I'm just – I've seen – like I, I, you've been to games. If you've covered games, uh, you know I know. Well, I know you have, but like I've been to games. And I think fans get this. I can't tell you how many f- players work out after games, and especially if Kobe, if he had a bad game, would go out and shoot Homer Road. Like it's just 100%. so Giannis went and shot some free throws. Anyway, a hundred percent, yeah. And to me, it just speaks highly of Giannis the fact that he's a two-time MVP. Um, a lot of times, and you'll know. Um, It'll be the rookies that didn't play. It'll be yeah. the PCD guys that that get out there just to get a sweat on because they just sat for two hours um, and, and didn't get any workout in. Um, but to see a two-time MVP out there, I think, speaks to how much uh, he wants to improve and um, is one of the reasons why I love the guy. Um, and he's just he's just everything that's right with the NBA, in my opinion. Yeah, so the Knicks, nine as we speak, nine and nine after a nice win on Monday night, sit tech, as the eight seed – in the East. And if look, if you'd said to me before the season starts, they're 500, they're sitting at the eighth seed in the East, I'd be, well, that's a little, I'm a little surprised. I thought the East would be deeper than that, but still that's not wildly out of character for where I kind of thought they might land, but it doesn't feel that way. Does it, Tommy? It doesn't. Um, I think, you know, cause you just, we, if we track back eight days ago, um, they were blown out by the uh, by the Thunder at the guard. Yeah. Gave up 145 points. Um, two days prior, um, they were a no-show against the Nets in Brooklyn. Um, they had a bad game where they gave up a bunch of threes against the Celtics. There, and then they lost the uh, the Hawks. So it was like four days and like eight, you know in a, in a you know like a week span four games that they didn't play well defensively. They looked a mess and they were about to embark on what was considered um, an extremely difficult West coast road trip, five yeah. games, seven nights, two sets of back-to-backs. 
Um, they ended up getting a little lucky. Jokic misses the the Denver game with COVID, um, so so they get a little benefit there. Um, but to their credit, uh, they survive. Not only survived the road trip because um, they would have signed up for two and three. You figure um, they win three out of two, head back home um, nine and nine, and and as you mentioned, um, are are kind of right in the thick of things in the East. Um, but that, as you, as you know, it has a lot more to do with um, how funky and weird the uh, you know the the Bulls three games under five hundred, the Heat shockingly four yeah. games under five hundred, um, the the Nets and, and Sixers both in that that same range. So uh, you know you assume that those teams will eventually start to rise a little bit. Um, whereas the Knicks will start to fall, but yeah, I mean, if you, if you would ask me at the start of the season, 18 games after this five game road trip, I think, um, a lot of fans would have, you know, would have probably signed up for nine and nine. And I, I think the Vegas had their number at like 39.5. So, um, yeah, right around a 500 team. And, uh, so I, I, I don't think this is shocking one way or the other. Um, that's where they sit after 18 contests. No, I. I think, like you said, it's, it's what's a little weird about it is, or what's, and I think what's good for them is, I don't want to say nobody's run away with the with the East because, like Boston, Milwaukee, or Boston, Milwaukee, and obviously Cleveland's playing well, but after that, it really, like, I don't know that Indiana can sustain this. I don't really trust the Wizards. I'm not as high on the Hawks as everybody else, but the Hawks are like, like, but Toronto, you know, they've struggled. I, I don't know. Philadelphia is really banged up right now, so they're going to stumble for a while. I'm. Do you trust Brooklyn? I still don't trust Brooklyn. No. <laughs> so it's like I still feel like that there's room for, oppor- well, let me put this better ways, opportunity in there. But to take advantage of that, they got to start getting some stops. Like the defense, Tommy, has just been awful. It has been um, a key, a real important aspect of that um, is the three-point defense. Um, they're giving up a ton of wide open threes. A lot of it has to do with their scheme, kind of their switching top of the key, pick and rolls and, and dropping down into the paint. Um, some of it has to do with um, teams knocking down three-pointers, um, kind of, uh, you know, which is which is to be expected, um, you know, in, in an up-and-down season. Um, but, yeah, they, they do need to improve defensively. Um, and I think you may see a, a, an increase um, – in with a player that kind of made his announced his return to form last night in Quinton Quinton Grimes got the start uh, with Cam Reddish sideline that and Fournier still out of the rotation. Um, he's probably the team's most effective two way player if and when he's healthy because um, he can really get after you defensively. Guarded Devin Booker uh, in the Phoenix mm-hmm. game and slowed down uh, Shea Gilders Alexander playing at an incredible level. Um, yeah. he had thirty points last night, but he did a good job of staying in front of him. Um, so he gives the Knicks a little bit of a, a of a, a higher defensive upside. Uh, Mitchell Robinson's been out for a while. Their their best interior defender. Um, although Sims and Hartenstein um, certainly can hold their own uh, interior defensively. So um, that's actually one position where the Knicks can deal with with an injury. Um, but yes, uh, all things considered, as well as Brunson's played offensively, and obviously we'll talk about him, and, and he's been great, make no mistake about it. Yeah. Um, but he has been, uh, you know, he's, he has a tough time staying in front of guys. He's a tough time, you know, taller players can shoot over him, um, can, can typically penetrate into the paint, and that's been kind of the problem. Uh, the Knicks perimeter guys getting defeat, uh, getting beat to, uh, you know, allowing other, you know, opposing players to get their foot in the paint, and then they kick out for those open threes. So that that's kind of been a major issue for New York. And, and is this partially just, personnel in the scheme and that like Julius Randle is not a great, he's not going to be able to defend for you out on the perimeter. There's like you said, Grimes, the untradeable uh, <laughs> Grimes. Uh, there's 
uh, is a good defender. Obviously, Robinson in the paint is a, a quality rim protector, and and Hartenstein's, I, I the Clippers were not, I there was they were not thrilled to see him go, and yes. and they they knew they couldn't afford to keep him. Even well, I suppose Ballmer can afford technically anything, right. but like they knew they weren't going to be able to keep him. But they also knew like what they were losing. They they were pained. But I could tell you just going to their games and talking to their people that they were pained by that one. Yeah, I, th- I thought Hardenstein was one of the better value contracts of the summer. Yes. Year, $60 million for the Knicks. And uh, he has, has, you know, definitely provided immediate dividends. Um, I think the Knicks were hoping he'd be a little bit more consistent from three. Um, obviously, a very small sample size with the Clippers. But, you know, early in his career, um, during his stints with the G League, um, you know, during his days in Houston, he was, you know, willing and, and able to take and make some three-pointers. Um, that really hasn't come together yet this season. I think they kind of envisioned him as a bit of a stretch five. Um, but um, you know, we shoot night below 20% this season. So, you know, that, that, uh, hasn't, hasn't worked out as well, but, um, as you know, um, and as the Clippers certainly know, uh, a great facilitator. And I still think the yeah. Knicks haven't completely unlocked the ways in which he can benefit the team. I don't think they're giving him enough high touch, a high post touches where he can kind of, you know, play that Draymond role where there's a pick and roll. He catches the ball top of the key and can fire to either corner or t- take it to the basket, you know, hit a guy cutting, um, you know, things along those lines. So, um, I, I still, think there's there's more upside there that they have to tap into i agree i think that he's somebody i think that he'll figure they'll figure it out and he'll figure it out he's such a versatile player but but on the bigger picture it, it just still feels like they don't really have the defenders for the scheme they want to run but I'll, not that i'm the expert who could tell you exactly what they should be running but it feels like it just they've got a couple of good defenders but it's kind of easy to find the the like you said, to exploit a Brunson, to exploit a Randall in in that defensive system. Yeah, uh, and that's you know the reason why I think a lot of teams thought, why a lot of pundits thought they'd be a five hundred team, um, why a lot uh, you know why Vegas thought they'd be around a five hundred team, why a lot of fans figured they'd probably be a five hundred team because on nights they'll you know they'll they'll put up plenty of points, but they'll you know um, they'll have a tough time keeping folks out of the paint. Other nights they'll have a tough time knocking down shots, um, you know, and, and scoring enough. Um, I think Brunson kind of solidifies their 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 offensive efficiency, you know, but there's going to be nights. Um, when you're two, when when Randall and uh, Randall and Barrett are taking you know 15 to 20 shots a night, those guys aren't high efficiency players. Um, so you're gonna have you know they're gonna go through streaks and, and cold spells where um, where that's an issue. Um, so yeah, all those things factored in um, is 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 a reason why they're kind of be why I think most folks figured they'd be middling around 500. Um, and that's a you know it's it, it's good in some ways that that'll keep the fan base somewhat interested. Um, but if we're gonna look at the big picture, um, I think it may be fool's gold in a sense, because the Knicks are on a trajectory where they're probably headed towards the dreaded, you know, 11th seed, 10, 9th, 10th seed in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, for years, uh, for the last three decades, the last place you wanted to be was ninth seed in your conference. Yeah. Uh, is that, you know, you're not good enough to compete. You're just missing the playoffs. Now it's a little bit more complicated because you can you can say you made the play-in even though you lose one game and then, then your season's over. Um, but being in that 11 to 12, that, that 9 to 12 range, 
Um, as you know, means you're not good enough to compete. You're not bad enough to get a, uh, a high lottery pick, um, which obviously this year is something that, that teams are going to covet. So I think as long as the Knicks got off to a decent start, looks like Tibbsy was hot for a little bit, has cooled off a little bit now that he's, you know, now that they won three of two on, on the West Coast, kind of tells you where expectations are. Um, but because of that, I think they're going to hang around 500 all season and they're going to hang in that that uh, that purgatory um, where they've been, you know, for the better part of two decades. Um, and so how, you know, does that benefit them long term is, is, is obviously a question, um, you know, a deeper question. But I, I think that's kind of where where we see this thing headed going forward over the next few months. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Uh, you brought this up, so I'll, I'll jump here. I, it was farther down in my notes, but how hot is the Tom Thibodeau seat? I, if, and is it just me? Because it feels like that's a big card for Leon Rose to play because that was his guy. Right. Like that was the his that was the guy he wanted. That's the guy he brought in to change the culture. I feel like once he plays that card, a lot of the spotlight shifts to Rose, no matter who comes in as coach. Bingo. And I, I think that's a major reason why Tibbs is going to hold out on firing on firing Tibbs until he absolutely has no other choice, um, because once Rose is fired, once that you know, once he's thrown overboard and and fans are you know you know because there there yeah. there's a large contingent of the fan base that has wanted him fired since the middle of last year, um, despite yeah. the fact that he was coach of the year and you know lent the four seed et cetera during the bubble year, um, but Leon Rose understands once Tibbs is gone, then the then the focus, um, then the then the spotlight, then the headlines become when is when is then you know they focus on the roster itself, the lack of a superstar. Rose was brought into you know um, yeah. to, you know so it's. It's a weird situation, um, but I, again, I think you know Rose uh, Tibbs will get uh, as long a rope as he needs to, um, you know, because because Rose understands the implications once Ro- once Tibbs is out of the picture. You said he was brought Rose was brought in to bring in a superstar, Jalen Brunson, not a superstar, but I mean a quality player, and I think w- w- is it safe to say he's kind of been what you'd expect? Like he, he is not, he certainly hasn't been bad. No, yeah. If anything, he's been even a little better. Um, I think fans yeah. had some high expectations, but um, he's just just watching him night in, night out. You know, we got a taste of it over the second half of last season when, when Luke was out for a while, um, and obviously in the playoffs, those, those first three games, is yeah, you know, he really played like a like a man possessed. Um, uh, so, uh, but just yeah, you know, twenty points per over twenty points per game, nearly fifty percent from the floor. Um, you know, uh, six point seven assists, only uh, one point seven turnovers. Um, so, really high assist to turnover ratio, scoring plenty. Um, really efficient offense as we expect from him. Um, surprisingly, shooting below thirty percent from three. Um, so you figure once those shots go down, um, that'll only increase his. Um, you know, that that'll only increase his efficiency and, and his scoring output, and maybe even open up some some additional. Drive 
driving lanes. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of, I was, I was actually digging into the numbers um, uh, for a post this afternoon um, and, and just what he's done, what he's been able to do for a guy that's basically six foot, you know, they list him at six, two, um, if he's six, two, then, then I'm six, five. Um, so it's, yeah, <laughs> you know, he's he just, you are one of the best dunkers in the media. I'm just saying, okay. <laughs> I, I'm, I'll make my free throws, but Duncan's never been my, <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, just, you know, the only players that have driven the basket more frequently this season than Brunson are, are SGA, Morant, uh, and, and Luka Doncic, um, coming into 2023, coming into the season, no guard had averaged more than 20 points per game while knocking down fewer than 1.33 three pointers. Um, that was Westbrook in, in 2019-20, um, Brunson's average in, uh, 20.8 and which is 1.2 made threes. Um, uh, one other stat that, that I found interesting, um, from, from last night's game, just kind of give you a sense of 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 what Brunson's been doing um he was one from six from the floor last from, from beyond the arc last night and, and there went over the thunder but made 13 straight two-point baskets he was 13 for 13 wow missed a floater um you know with the, under a minute left um but he's just a fourth player in NBA history to shoot over 90 percent from two-point range on at least 14 attempts while also dishing out nine assists in the same game other three guys are Gary Payton Kyrie Irving and Wilt Chamberlain um so uh yeah so that just you know that that's what he does uh, he's a very unique player um and and just as important as what his, the offensive um, the way he sets the offense up and, and just kind of gets the Knicks set, you know, in their sets. Um, is, he's a leader on the floor, consistently works hard, um, has been by far and away the Knicks' best player. And when your best player is a team-first guy that accepts responsibility when the team loses, um, praises other when the team is successful, just everything you want kind yeah. of in, a, in, a, in a point guard, in a floor leader, in a captain, in a general, you know, all those intangible things. Um, and, and that's exactly what Brunson brings to the table. So um, it's difficult to win, uh, to be a really good team if he's your best player. Um, you're not going to be a championship contender. But if and when, um, I feel like we've been saying that for, forever, but if and when the Knicks get a great, great player, you know, one of those, if they can get a top five guy, a top 10 guy, um, Brunson's the, the the perfect Robin to that Batman, you know, uh, uh, you know, that kind of second banana to that, to that stud, if they can ever get their hands on one. Yeah. And you can, I think you can see in D- Dallas, how much they miss him right now. It, I got to say, just watching the Knicks too, compared to last year, the level of just competence running the offense, right? Like just getting into sets properly, you know, in a timely manner, the ball going where it should is just done at a higher level, especially under pressure, especially in bigger moments. It's just, it's a much more settled offense. A hundred percent. I mean, if you don't have a point guard in today's NBA, I mean, you, you know, whether that's a point guard by definition or a guy that's going to handle the ball and set up the offense, LeBron James, um, you know, it, it would, would qualify that as well. But if you don't have a, a lead guard, someone who's going to take control um, of the basketball and, and, and get guys in position. Um, you know, last year, so often it was just boring and frustrating. Yeah. Eight seconds left in the shot clock. You know, uh, Randall catches the ball, you know, 17 feet out, takes three dribbles, jab steps, shoots a fadeaway, misses. Um, you know, next time down the floor, uh, R.J. Barrett dribbles into three guys in the paint, forces a, a contested off-balance uh, you know, floater misses. 
Um, so it just it just happened time and time again. Um, again, ran uh, just as much as Brunson um, creates his own his his own number of shots in that kind of mid range. Um, he actually has sixty five made field goals in the paint, non restricted area. Um, no other player in the NBA has more than fifty this season. Um, uh, Gilgis Alexander second in the NBA with fifty such shots. Um, Brunson has sixty five in that in that uh, in the paint in the non restricted area. Um, when he gets his foot in the paint, it not only creates scoring opportunities for him. Himself. Um, he's countless times uh, dished out to other uh, uh, other Knicks for wide open looks. Um, Knicks are right around the middle of the league in terms of uh, over the, over 16 uncontested three pointers per game, but they're shooting just 34 percent on those. Um, last year they shot 40 percent. So there's some reason for optimism. As as solid um, as the Knicks have been offensively, um, there's reasons to believe that they that, that could actually increase once they start knocking down open threes. Um, so again, there, there's there's um, Nick fans have reason to be hopeful, um, but they, uh, as you noted early on, they need to improve defensively. Whether that's by scheme, whether that's by playing um, quickly more, Grimes more. Um, Robinson getting healthy. Um, those are things that they, they kind of need to implement as well. Um, I, I, I'm hesitant to bring this up, but how is the fan base dealing with the fact that Donovan Mitchell's just been on fire? Uh, it's a good question. I think um, it's kind of expected. Uh, listen, you know, you, you kind of knew what they, what, what they were hopefully getting and what the, what the Cavs got has been kind of, um, you know, what they, I, I think everyone was aware that, uh, that, that situation Utah needed to be broken up. Um, yeah. and, and just as well as the statistically offensively he's been playing, he's been much better defensively too. Um, been far more engaged. He's been uh, trying defensively. Exactly. He's, he's, he's making an effort, which, which, which tends to help. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you, I thought they would probably be more focused on it, um, but uh, surprisingly, and I, I think the kind of national th- view was that Nick fans were devastated, you know, and they were going to riot in the streets if they didn't get, um, if they didn't get uh, uh, um, Donovan Mitchell. But I think Nick fans, um, to, to their credit, understood that they were at some point you had to draw a line in the sand. I think it ended up being a lot closer. Um, you know, to actually getting the deal done. Um, but they didn't, Nick fans really have a strong attachment to Obi and Grimes and IQ. Um, so they were, I would say like 75% of the fan base was content and uh, not making an, uh, you know, and not giving up too much what they thought was too much for Bar- um, uh, too much for Mitchell. Um, in retrospect, um, there's just you know talk today. Athletic had a report that uh, that they may consider, and some other. And I think Shams had it uh, last week as well that IQ may be on the on the yeah. block. The issue is at some point they have to consolidate these young players. Um, IQ is going to be extension eligible next summer. Um, uh, uh, Obi Toppin is going to be extension eligible. They have all these draft picks that, you know, some, it's, if they don't trade them, they're going to have to find roster spots for them. At some point you have to consolidate those assets into a player. Um, and if one doesn't become available, what do you do? Um, so it, it, in retrospect, it, it probably was the right, this, it, they probably should have done what it need because they were so close, whether it's on the two yard line or the seven yard line to, to pushing the ball into goal line and getting Donovan Mitchell having Mitchell and Brunson in the same backcourt obviously has the defensive issues um, as we discussed but it's not like they're a defensive juggernaut anyway um, they probably should have gotten that deal done um, but now they have to pivot um, and it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out I, I'm glad you brought up the, the, the that they've kind of got to 
decide what they're going to do with Toppin. Decide what you're going to do with Quickly, and and are you going to trade him for more assets? I guess that's ultimately the goal. I like my thought on the Mitchell thing ultimately, and I think if I remember right, you were thinking the same way, which is, which was, all right, if you're not going all in here, that's a reasonable point. Yes, but you've got to eventually. So what really matters is what's next. Mm-hmm. I like to me that that was the next. It's like all right. If if that's not your call, that's fine. But what are you? At some point, you've got to go in. At some point, you've got to put the chips on the table. Yeah, a hundred percent. And the issue with letting Mitchell slide by is now you're beholden on somebody else being unhappy, a, a, yeah. a, 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 an owner getting anxious, not willing to pay a guy max money, a, a GM. In other words, there's it's rare that a player like Mitchell, twenty five, three years left on his contract. Right three-time all-star he's a kid from new york he checks so many boxes now you gotta you know does cat get unhappy in minnesota there's something else there's just a lot more um that that is going to that you have to get lucky you know now and knicks know that the knicks you know that leon rose is desperate so they're gonna charge i think Ainge, you know was trying to give them you know trying to apply a new york tax um yeah five percent or ten percent more um so there's all those those things that factor in here um but they kind of box themselves into a corner um as evidenced by the fact that they're reportedly considering trading uh, emmanuel quickly who was one of the guys that they wanted they didn't want to trade in in the donovan mitchell deal um eventually they have to decide um you know what to do uh, you know the reality is they had to attach you know uh, draft picks to to Alex Burks and Nerlens Noel and Kemba Walker to get rid of them they're going to have to attach a draft pick to Evan Fournier to get rid of him they may have to attach a, a draft pick to Julius Randle um so while Rose deserves credit for being patient he hasn't traded any future first rounders which the Knicks were guilty of for so long oh, yes yeah. they've been they've done relatively well late in the draft um uh, with Quickly and Grimes and, and uh, you know so so they're and Obi Toppin seems to be rounding into shape, um, but again, with with Obi Toppin, he's playing behind Randall. There's there's just not enough there. Um, you know, if, if the goal is to win a championship, it's difficult to see a path forward. Um, you know, unless somebody, you know, unless a star decides that they need to leave, which we've seen happen in the past. Yeah, who's that star and when it's going to be is is the is the tricky question. R.J. Barrett's off to another slow start, which feels like an annual occurrence. Is is this? Um, is this kind of who he is now? I mean, is RJ who he is? Because he's, I think he's scoring well in the paint, but I don't, it doesn't feel consistent. No, it's not consistent. And he was really, uh, you know, inefficient at the start of last season, as you know, the start of his rookie season. So there is a trend um, to his credit. The end of last season, he was uh, up over, you know, the second uh, post All-Star break. He's up over 24 points a game, shooting close to 40% from three, um, above 45% from the floor. Um, so we did that for a good 25-game stretch. Um, but he also has these stretches for three, two, three weeks, um, you know, 10, 15 games where it'll just be awful. Um, prior to knocking down three three-pointers last night, he was one of 26 from three-point territory in the next previous four games. Um, and he's a high-volume guy. Um, so, but yeah, there that 
what you like about RJ Barrett is that he doesn't let it affect his effort. You know, doesn't let it affect yeah. his intensity. Still try, still plays hard. Still says the right things to the media. Doesn't blame others. Doesn't finger point. Um, not a great defender. Um, not as fluid as you like. You know, for a perimeter three and D type wing, shows some sign has has length and height that he uses to advantage. Um, but you know, not a net negative on the defensive end of the floor. Um, but he does need to be far more efficient. Needs to knock down his free throws, which he's done to to. to to a certain extent, um, has had some hiccups at the line at various points. Um, but yeah, I think um, we Nick fans go through these swings where they're way too high on on RJ Barrett. You know, he's going to be the next you know Devin Booker or the next great wing in the NBA. You know, Paul yeah. George type player, and then he has two weeks, and they you know let's trade him. I can't believe we didn't get up for him. We gave him an extension. I think he's properly valued. Knicks gave him a $100 million extension, um, which, uh, you know, at the time seemed like a lot. But when you factor in the rising cap. Yeah, um, it's, 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 it's not a movable. That's, I mean, that's ultimately, if you need to, it's a movable contract because he brings, he brings value. And I think the other thing that has to keep you, if you're a Knicks fan, optimistic is he's a worker. He's a he worker. Does, he puts it in, man. He, like he puts in the work, and I, I don't know if how that's going to pay off because a lot of guys do that in the league, and it doesn't necessarily always pay off. But he's certainly trying. Like it's not like he's coasting to this. A hundred percent. And he, and he, and he adjusts mid game. You'll see him like last night. He realized he wasn't hot from three point. You know that he's been struggling with yeah. his jumper. He attacks the basket. He was a smart guy. Has a good IQ. Handles New York. There's a lot to be said for that kid. kid. Yeah. And he's also 22 years old. Let's let's remember this would have been. You know he would have been a senior at Duke last season. Um, he's handled the New York spotlight very very well um, since being the, the third overall pick. He's the highest draft pick. Um, you know uh, since uh, I think it was Kenny Walker. Um, and. 1985. Wow. So, um, you know, there's, 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 and certain folks can't handle the, the pressure and, and, and the intense spotlight that comes with New York. Um, there's a point guard across the river, um, you know, who, who falls into that category. Um, but yeah, so th- th- again, he's a move, he's a movable piece. He's a good play, you know, he's a good teammate. Um, all the guys on the team like him. Um, and again, yeah, to your point with the rising, uh, especially with the rising salary cap, he's going to be like 17, 8%, 18% yeah. of the cap and, you know, the third and fourth years that contract so it's not a bad deal by any means um if they have it you know it's 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 definitely a an asset they can move if and when the time comes and when the next star you know kind of hits the block i feel like it's kind of the same with julius randall he except you're gonna it's not gonna be quite as easy to move him if if it comes to that but you know he had the breakout year where he's basically is the difference just his threes fell for a year like did anything else much change not really. Um, yeah, the, when you look at his career, that was the outlier year. He shot f- over forty-one percent from three on a, on a high volume percentage of three pointers. Um, you know, last year he shot you know thirty-one percent. The year prior, I think it was twenty-nine percent. This year, you know, low thirties. Um, but yeah, even last year in a bad year, he was twenty ten and five. Um, you know, he's, he's been a he's solid distributor, um, you know, decent rebound, you know, good, good rebounder, uh, you know, for, for a non-center for a four, um, you know, scores, um, obviously needs to improve his efficiency. A lot of that has to do with the three pointer dropping. Um, but I think the Knicks should make a move prior to the deadline and that move should be doing everything in their power to move on from Randall because it's not even his efficiency and it's not so much, 
um, uh, you know, his defensive ineptitude because there's a lot of a lot of games where he takes plays off. Um, you know, just he doesn't see the floor well from a defensive standpoint. Um, but but worse than that is his effort waxes and wanes. Um, yeah. It seems like when his shot is falling, he'll give a little bit more intensive effort, get down on the floor for loose balls. And to his credit, he's been a little bit better this year. Um, but the last winter, it was so bad for a long stretch. Um, Tibbs continued to defend him, however, um, despite you know calling out others publicly. Um, the thought is that Tibbs felt he couldn't handle, uh, uh, you know, kind of public, uh, um, you know, uh, questioning from from the coaching mm. staff. Um, but with Obi Toppin behind him, and there's there's a disconnect between the fan base and, and Randall ever since the kind of the thumbs down. And, yeah. and, and Nick fans are in tune. They under they they see the lack of effort. They see the the lack of you know hustling back on defense, not boxing out, um, uh, not helping the helper, things like that. Um, you know, there's there's a and especially with today's day and age. Um, with the, all the all the great content you can get from 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 a couple different producers, um, that there's there's just enough evidence there um, that Randall is not the guy that you want to build a franchise around. You don't want him to be your highest paid player. You don't want him to be your your your, your leading uh, field goal attempt. You know your leading shooter. Um, so it's it's best for the team to move on. Ideally, you wouldn't let you, you'd prefer not to have to attach draft pick to him. But at some point in time, um, you have to decide what you have in be top and, and in order to do that you have to give him a starting role uh, and then 30 minutes a night and that's not going to happen with Randall in the picture so I think uh you know Obi's f- much closer to the timeline of RJ Barrett Quentin Grimes Jalen Brunson you know yeah. kind of that core going going forward um so ideally the Knicks will be able to find a taker for Randall um you know prior to the deadline because they have to move on from sooner rather than later do you think Randall could be option number three on a contending team, or is the just the lack of effort in defense too much no, in the way? I think he can be definitely if he ever embraced that role. I think he'd be great. You know, as as a six man, you know, where he could be the center, yeah. you know, provide an offensive spark and just come in, look for his, you know, look for his offense. He doesn't have to worry so much, um, but he, he's a decent facilitator. Um, and if he was in a winning environment, a winning situation, a lot of that, you know, I think he kind of crumbled under the pressure of being the guy in New York City, yeah. um, you know, for that one season after expectations were ratcheted up after they, they were the four seed. He just couldn't handle that for whatever reason. And again, some guys just aren't built for that. Um, but if he was, you know, if he played on the, you know, somehow got to the Lakers and played alongside AD and, and LeBron and, and Westbrook was catching all the, the, the fire when the team did bad and he could just kind of float under the radar. Um, I think he's kind of like a Christian wood type guy um, okay. in the right situation like if he you know lands in dallas you know can can put up solid points per minute um and and, and just kind of find that role um but again you know the same could be said of Westbrook, and and he wasn't having it certain whereas certain players um you know are willing to to kind of embrace it and run with that route so it'll, it'll be fascinating to see yeah. Um, but yeah i, I do th- he listen he has the ability and the skill set um to make a major impact if he's locked in yeah, Christian Wood thinks Christian Wood should be used more as well. So <laughs> correct, and that's and they're similar in that respect, you know. Um, one of the things that really worked for this team last year was the bench play, particularly the bench guard play of Quickly and Rose. Rose isn't quite the same this year after the ankle surgery, right? And the bench in general just hasn't been the same. 
He is not. Yeah, Rose has, has, hasn't looked good. Um, he's had some flashes, but just it seems like he lost maybe a half a step. Uh, and, and for a guy like Rose, um, who's so dependent on his athleticism and quickness, um, not surprised, not, you know, not unsurprisingly, um, it's taken an impact on his game. Looked like he was kind of trending in the right direction before he hurt his, hurt his uh, foot, hurt his toe the other night. Um, uh, and yeah, Quickly's kind of been up and down, um, but to his credit, uh, Quickly's been the team's best perimeter defender. Um, so that's encouraging. Um, you know, he's really been an, an improved um, uh, year to year to year uh, on the defensive end. Um, was three or four from downtown last night. He'd have been in a slump, sh- shooting slump as well. Um, so that's 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 certainly a piece I think that the is that that is part of a foundational piece like i think he's built to be like a sixth seventh man i think he's a good nba rotation player um but uh yeah uh you know a lot of their early season struggles um is when also coincided with evan fournier being switched to the bench um yeah. and fournier is another guy that's just having you know very very difficult for him to stay in front of uh the quicker perimeter guard so he was attacked constantly um so that kind of hurt their net rating for a while there as well you talked about, you know, possibly looking for a Julius Randle trade. Uh, we discussed, you know, as Shams had at the Athletic had uh, possible quickly, and Derek Rose came up. I don't, I don't know. Rose with the money Rose makes and where he is right now with his game, I'm not sure that there's a trade for him. But uh, you know, they'll at least sniff around. Do you feel like they're going to make a move at the deadline? I do. Um, again, I think um, if for no other reason for the sake of making a move, unfortunately, I, you know, I think that that's, that's going to factor into um, the equation here because, um, you know, I think there's a lot of pressure on the Knicks to show that they have a plan, that they have a direction. Um, Because if you don't, again, you know, circling back to what we talked about, if you're not going to get Mitchell, okay, so, so what's next? Um, If they don't make a trade at the deadline, who are they going to move this off season? Um, I think Randall's been playing at a relatively high level. Um, and there's a chance for regression at some point. So I think they should strike while the iron hot if another team's willing um, to take on his contract. Um, so I so I, I think that they will be motivated to do so. And also, you know, uh, to our earlier point, at some point you got to consolidate the roster and consolidate those draft picks. Um, you know, they, 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 they there's only so many roster spots they have. Um, they have a bunch of protected first-round picks. It's it's doubtful or dubious as to how valuable those are. Um, when you got picks like the you know coming from the Bucks, um, you know you got top eighteen, top sixteen protected picks from the Pistons um, and uh, the uh, the Hawks as well. So you know we'll see how it plays out. But I, I think the Knicks will be active. You know they're not going to give anybody away. They're not going to you know right. trade somebody for you know twenty five cents a dollar just to make a trade. But I definitely think they will be active. Um, to just try to shake things up here. And, um, you know, it, uh, obviously, of course, a lot depends what happens over the next two months um, because the, the Victor Wembayana, Scoot Henderson, you know, sweepstakes is is a reality. Um, if they're yeah. seven games under 500 uh, the first week in February and they're closer to the, you know, the, the 14th seed in the conference than the eighth seed in the conference, you it would certainly behoove uh, the team big picture wise to make a run uh, at a high lottery pick. Would Tibbs be accepting of that? No. Would that mean that Tibbs would have to be fired in order for them to kind of clean house? Yes, probably. Um, but that's the issue with Tibbs. Uh, and I wrote about this earlier this season as well. He's a win now coach and the Knicks are a win later franchise. So there's a, yeah. there, there's a disconnect there. Um, the, probably the best course of action for this team would be to deal Randall 
put Obi in the starting lineup and see what you have in Obi, IQ, Grimes, Cam Reddish, Brunson, Barrett. See what those guys can do. If you lose some games, so be it. You increase your chances at a, at a high lottery in a very good draft. Yeah, because it's it's not just those two. It's the the Amy, you know Thompson twins and yeah. everybody else. Um, and the, with the flattened lottery odds, if you're the I don't know eighth worst record, ninth worst record, like it's not your, your chances is still legitimate of getting up into the top two or three and getting a really good player. A hundred percent. And and the Jazz are five games over five hundred. The Pacers are four games over yeah. five hundred. You know the, the there there's some you know you know the Pistons and the Hornets and the Rockets are going to be down there. But who's that fourth worst team in the NBA? Who's the fifth worst team in the NBA? If you can get into the one of those slots, like there's a you know you you may be able to win twenty nine games and still have the fifth worst record in the NBA, which is kind of a weird thing. Most of yeah. By the way, having been out here in LA and seen the Pistons and Spurs in person, yeah, they'll be there. <laughs> yes. um, I, I, the Spurs, I mean, look, I love Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. They're just bad. And the Pistons, it's just been unfortunate with Cade now yeah. out and everything like that. I think fully healthy if Cade and Isaiah Stewart are playing like they're, they're, free, they're, they're, I don't know, dangerous is the wrong word, but like they're not an easy out every night. But right, right. now, they're really. You don't, you don't want Corey Joseph playing 30 minutes a night. No, now. exactly. They, they, they made the Clipper offense look good, and it's hard. <laughs> yes. Clipper offense look good right now. Um, I think that's it. I think that look. I just I keep looking at this team, thinking, well, I don't know if these pieces fit together, and you can play around with it. But ultimately, like you said, it's kind of a it's a win later situation until they go and get said superstar. It's hard to know exactly what everything around it looks like. Yeah, and it's 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 odd because they're building for a th- theoretical player. You know, it's yeah, it's it's you understand Leon Rose's hesitancy to you know commit to tanking because if you head in that direction, um, you know, folks will say Nick fans don't want to you know aren't willing to aren't patient enough. No, I think the fan base would be. I think they would be. Yeah, but the issue is, does that preclude you from from a the next superstar that demands a trade? Uh, uh, accepting a trade to the Knicks or, or 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 looking for a trade to the Knicks because they're so bad and so far away from contention, um, you know, if you don't win the lottery, uh, that's 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 kind of the fine line that they're walking. Um, so the one argument you could make for accepting quote unquote, um, you know, being in that purgatory of 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 the ninth through the twelfth seed, is at least if you look like you're trending in the right direction and you're winning 39 games, but you have a young roster and you're on the cusp of be, you know, potentially becoming a top four team, that's the selling point to that next superstar. Hey, come join us. Um, you'll you live in the, the capital of the world and we'll be you're the guy that that puts us over the top. Um, whereas if you're the 14th seed and you have a, l- a lot of future first round picks um, and Scoot Henderson, yes, you know, there's there's some other good pieces that you could potentially be good. But why leave a decent situation to come to to join a team at the start of a rebuild? So I think that's the Leon Rose's answer as to why he um, is unwilling to kind of start and, 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 you know, a full-fledged rebuild in New York. Well, well, it's going to be an interesting trade deadline and going forward. Tommy, thank you for joining us. Where can everybody find you on Twitter, by the way? I, I, sure. Well, Twitter exists. Yes, yes. For the next two weeks um, before, it, before it collapses, uh, at Tommy Beer on Twitter. And, of course, he is the author of the What's on Tap newsletter. Again, if you're a Knicks fan, you should absolutely be subscribing to that. Thank you for doing this, Tommy. I look forward to it. We'll do it again down the line, man. My pleasure, Kurt, anytime.
And we will be back later this week with more Pro Basketball Talk podcast. Corey Robinson and I will be discussing everything around the league. So uh, we'll we'll talk to you then. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I know how to run a hair salon. But for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.